Greetings from Los Angeles, and welcome to the podcast, or welcome back. Happy day after Super Bowl. You know, I'm so, so sorry to see your team lose. I know how excited you were for that. Wow, wow. This is not the alt I was looking for. (laughs) How dare you? How dare you? We were close, but... Uh, that's an alternate dimension. Okay, now we're going to do the real one. Three, <laughs> two, one. And welcome back to the home of the Super Bowl winning LA Rams. Sure, we'll see what happens. We we wow. are obviously recording this before the big game and in anticipation. Everybody's getting excited. Uh, also... Getting terrified of what traffic holds ahead of us. Oh yeah, no. Uh, this this Super Bowl is getting crazy with uh, parking rates just soaring. I think one of the offers was like around close to a grand to park Jesus. for the big games. I mean, granted, those. I mean, prices fluctuate, so there's no guarantee that that's what a person's gonna finally pay. Uh, for context, even some of the prices for the Super Bowl tickets are actually dropping. Really? They're going, yeah. I mean, are they like going down to like $5,000 or are they actually going down to something normal? Uh, well, I mean, this is, this is still the Super Bowl. So, you know, it is a popular ticket, but you know, I think maybe the last time I checked, they were, I'm, again, the last time I checked, uh, before the prices went down, you were looking at maybe seven thousand for, you know, the cheap seats. Whew. But now I think let's see, ooh, cheapest are going for almost twenty eight hundred. I guess, I guess. I mean, if you got twenty eight hundred dollars burning a hole in your pocket, yeah, you yeah, do you. Yeah, it, it, well, I mean, yeah, with fees, you're looking at, you know, three grand a ticket. It would be historic to see the Rams win the Super Bowl in their home stadium, newly built. Yeah, you I know, mean, that'd be fun. Cementing legacy. Awesome, awesome. Part of me is tempted, but also part of me is like, well, I could use that money for something else. Shit, I'm tempted to go drive down there early in the day, grab a parking spot and see if I can sell it. There you go. Ever the the opportunist. Tyler has embraced hustle culture to its core. Hashtag capitalism. Hashtag late stage capitalism. Oh, yes. I want to spend three to a grand for a place for my car. I think the only people that could find that relatable are New Yorkers. Yeah, that's probably true. Probably true. (laughs) Uh, Except a lot of them, I think, just don't have cars. They just they get to walk everywhere. Well, yeah, a take lot the subway. Yeah. That's true. That That's whole true. public transit but, and taxi cab situation. But I've heard uh, the uh, the people who actually do have cars they actually pay for garages and pay monthly fees just to store oh, their car man. somewhere in the city. I don't know where. I mean, it's kind of like that here uh, downtown LA. You can get some pretty decent priced uh, apartments downtown, but they don't come with. Um, Parking spots. Exactly. So you have to like actually pay like another one or two hundred dollars a month for like a special lot. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, some of those lots are, you know, kind of just they're building buildings with no parking 
And it's kind of just, well, I mean, I, if you're spending that much, it's like, and if that person gets a car, well, where are they going to keep it? I don't know. That's, that's ridiculous. That's too much. We need better public transit. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, but we are close to it. I know the people mover is close to being done, which is the big project to get people from LAX to the new um, green line or the Crenshaw LAX line. Okay. That should be up and running sometime this summer, I've heard. Oh, nice. So, all right. All right. Well, I mean, that's the Crenshaw LAX line. The The people mover, I think, might be end of the year, maybe we're looking at. I mean, at some point in the distant, distant future, we're going to have some amazing public transit. I mean, we'll be dead by then, but <laughs> it'll be really cool. Uh, that's one thing people who come to LA have to understand is that the city is a work in progress at all times usually either we're creating something new that's going to be great or fixing up something old that we finally got around to yeah and when it comes to working on public transit this city didn't really start until i don't know several years ago hey we had that red line or for a while so nobody was taking it the blue line the blue well the blue line was kind of the big one the one from long beach all the way to downtown that yeah, was. credit for that goes more to Long Beach than L.A., though. Uh, well, anyway. I don't know why, I, but I'm going to give <laughs> that credit to Long Beach. <laughs> All right. So, Tyler, I'm going to ask this question, and hopefully you actually have the response I'm looking for. Have you finally seen Pam and Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> I have watched Pam and Tommy. I mean, the first uh, four episodes that are available. Yes, obviously. Yes, the first four episodes. It's on Hulu. That's a solid show. Good, good. Um, yeah, it is. It's incredible. Just the uh, the the costume uh, design, the yeah, set the design. The prosthetics. The prosthetics. Oof, that uh, was a crazy Jason Manzoukas was amazing in this. Oh, my uh, God. When I heard him, hilarious. Oh I don't know. That was the thing in episode two that kind of took me away from it a little bit. It was like, <laughs> ah, the, if any th- if any part of that show reeked of Seth Rogen wrote this, it was that scene. Well, here's what's funny. All right, so for the audience, uh, it's not really a spoiler warning type of show because this is all in- based on a real thing that happened back in the 90s. Except for that one scene. That one scene was complete creative license. Not as much as you think. <laughs> um, so the the scene in question is Tommy Lee uh, has spent a bunch of time with Pamela Anderson on a vacation. He's decided this is the one he wants to marry her. As he's coming through to that conclusion, he's having this whole conversation with his penis. <laughs> and his penis is talking back to him. Kind of like in a little fever dream. Now, they've been on a lot of drugs this whole trip, so... It all kind of tracks, but I guess uh, in some like biography or some stories that uh, Tommy Lee has written about himself, he has genuinely talked about talking to his dick and having conversations with it. Like that's the thing that he's done. Mm -hmm. So the only fictional part is uh, his dick kind of uh, being sentient and talking back to him. It was the one thing that it was the one scene that kind of took me out of the entire thing because it felt very, oh, this is the part that Seth Rogen wrote. It felt that way. 
Because, you know, if you've, seen, yes. if, if you've seen that movie Sausage Party, which, yeah. it was, which it was just like this very crude, raunchy animated film about like a hot dog falling in love with a hot dog bun in a supermarket where all the groceries are alive and they think they're getting picked is just like, oh, they're moving on to something great. But it turns out it's just they're getting killed because that's how food works. Yeah. 10, 15 minutes into it, you're kind of like, I get it. It's a sex joke. All right, next topic. And you're like, oh, no, there is no t- next topic. It's just a sex joke for the entire movie. Yeah, the entire movie. So so okay. that's why so that's why that's why that scene just reminded me of just like, oh, so we're just going to go back to the sausage party, this <laughs> freaking animation house or whatever. I hear and, you, but that's also kind of a Tommy Lee personality type of thing as well. So I think it totally fits within all of this, but it is a little bit more, it's a little fantastical and metaphorical yeah. or whatever. But yeah, it, exactly. It was good. No, no, no. It The show is great. It was just that one scene kind of just like, I don't know. It just kind of like a little wobbly, but then you get past it. It's like, all right, that's fine. And I get it. And I do get the context because, you know, they have, they were on drugs this entire Yeah. They really were weekend that they were spending in Mexico and it's just like just, you know, sex and drugs and sex and drugs. And then he's like, I'm going to marry her. So. So I get now, it. I will so say I get the context. one of the things that really made me want to watch this show beyond just kind of like wanting to know more about what else happened uh, was there was a line in the trailer where Tommy Lee is like, look, I'm on the tape, too. And then Pam's like. Not like me, you're not. I was like, oh, okay, we're going to get a little bit more of Pam-centric on some of this topic, and we'll really explore the repercussions of this. I'm like, that's going to be a really interesting show. And I was kind of worried, because for the first episode, Pam is basically not in it. But when she does start to be introduced into it, you really get to see a lot more of her outside of the normal, just like, slow motion running for Baywatch. And I was like, this is, this is really good. I think they're really doing her justice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm, yeah. I'm pretty stoked. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I think that's what was the great part of the first episode because it just established why this all happened. It just, yes. it, it didn't just come out of this vacuum that some people, because the running narrative back at the time, was uh, when the sex tape leaked. They were just like, oh, it's a, you know, everyone got conspiracy minded and said like, oh, Pam and Tommy Lee leaked the video themselves because they're making money off of it. And uh, it was just all rumor and uh, innuendo about Mm -hmm. why the tape came out. And, you know, no one, no one had like a solid, just like, oh, this is, this is why. Because, you know, first of all, from their perspective, they were just like, oh, you know, we're just trying to get our stuff back. Yeah. They didn't know that in the meanwhile, this tape was circulating and just becoming this big overnight sensation. And I think one of the funniest uh, parts was uh, when they found out that it, that they were selling this online and they were just like, how do you get the Internet? And just like, oh, it's <laughs> like we have a computer at our house. It's like, no, we have we don't have it connected to the Internet. I was like, where else do you get internet? And they go to the public library. Oh my God. I love everybody struggling with the internet in this show. It's fantastic. Like 
just trying to explain to somebody what's going on with the internet. Uh, Seth Rogen finding a plumbing part online and just how slow that whole process is. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's so quaint, and you think and it's you think it's played up for effect, but then you realize no, it's like the internet was very new at the time, so people really didn't know about. Yeah. Oh, if I can search this, and they're like, "Oh, I found this thing." It's just like, "Oh, it's this uh, this hardware store in freaking Michigan." They're like, yeah, "Yeah, we got all this stuff. We got all the stuff you need." It's like, "Yeah, my boss set up the internet, so that way people kept calling." And you're like, "Yeah, yeah, it fell out oh, orders." So good. So yeah, so it's just it, I I love it just because it's great in treating the you know the '90s as this capsule where just like oh you know like I've the these these things that now we take for granted. Uh, weren't that easy to get or weren't or those systems weren't in place. It's great in that it uh, tells us how far we've come, but also how acclimated we've become to every new development. Yeah, it's true. I mean, watching that should make me really appreciate just how fast my internet moves, but I still get annoyed any time it takes more than half a second to load a web page. Shoot, not even, not even like the internet, not even just uh, ordering things. I remember when you'd order something through the mail, you just send a letter with a check and you just pray it went through. Yeah. And then you'd get it whenever you got it. And there wasn't any like, there wasn't, you'd have to wait four to six weeks. If you were lucky, I had to wait four to six weeks was losing it when Seth Rogen buys the plumbing piece online and he's just like, can I just give you my credit card information and you just send it to me? I'm like, you're just going to tell your credit card numbers to some stranger? Yeah, that's that was the other thing. Holy I was just like, shit. Yeah, in this day and age, it would be insane to read out your credit card number to anybody anywhere. There's just no encryption, just one voice to another. That is yeah. amazing. The yeah, level of trust is absurd. Yeah, but and, and but yeah, just getting back to the whole package thing. Just the fact that we can check on our phones. Hey, I'm gonna get this package in two days. Back then, you're just like, I'll get it when I get it, and hopefully, you know, <laughs> hopefully it arrives. Hopefully, yeah. I'm there. Earlier this week, I put in an order on Amazon. It showed up two days later, and I'm annoyed as hell. Because I pay for it to be next day. <laughs> like that's that's where I'm at. Oh, so the man, idea of it taking like a month, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. I do not miss those days. Everyone wants to go back to like, oh, I want to go back to the nineties or something. But there, there's a, there's always a trade off. Like oh, things yeah. were, you know, things things were good for some things back then, but then other things just like they weren't the best. I'm always uh, mistrustful of. Um, you know, nostalgia. Like, yeah, Absolutely. you can miss some stuff, but don't romanticize the past. Exactly. 100%. Back then, had some great times, but there were some shitty times. Just like today. Is Yeah, you know, there's good stuff and bad stuff. You got to keep it moving. You got to look forward. Yeah, that doesn't mean just forget the past, but, you know, you can appreciate the past, but don't make it out to be like this perfect jewel in your mind that, oh, man, those were the best years of my life. Like, eh, they yeah. were all... Yeah, that, there were best parts. A lot of people do that thing where they mix up and they go, you know, like, oh, you know, 20 years ago was the best time in the world. Like, no, no, no it was the best time for you because you were younger. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. for me, you know, 2010 was like 
great times because I was fucking mid-20s. That was a great time for me. But I would, you know, pandemic aside, I think today is a lot better than then. We're always getting better. But then part of it is also just, you know, this whole idea like, oh, when you want to go back to your 20s, like, would I want to be 20 now? Maybe, yes. But yeah. would I want to go back there? Like, well, I had, you know, student loan debt and credit card debt and all this other stuff. And yeah, so it was just like, it wasn't ideal back then. No, not at all. I like where I'm at now. Or at least it's a lot better than, you know, than back then. But again, that's just, you know, where I'm at right now. Yeah. I mean, who knows? It might get better. It I mean, will get could... better. Screw it. <laughs> it, it, will it always better. gets better. Sometimes it gets a little worse, but then it gets better. Yeah, it's it's like a it's like a roller coaster, kids. Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down, but you keep moving forward. Yeah, or in a circle. I don't know wherever. Well, time is a flat circle. Okay, good. that's just Perfect. science. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I'm glad you finally saw it. Oh man, it's so great. It, I'm very excited to just for every new episode. I love that because we're West Coast. It uh, the new episode debuts. Tuesday at nine instead of Wednesday at midnight if you're on the East Coast. So I get to watch it at night and then go to sleep. And then yeah, just I'm wake still gonna up. wait till like the next day to watch it. It's fine. It's fine. Well, I just do it so that way when I wake up, then I can just see all the tweets about it the next day. Just like, oh yeah, that was all that stuff. Whatever. Now um, I'm kind of curious. Is this one super popular on Twitter? Like, what's going on? Because <clears throat> It's it's that big conversation of who is this show for? Uh I think it's still I think it's done pretty well. I I mean at this point still, you know, Peacemaker is the number one show everywhere. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's, so good. It's, just, it's so good and I am just so angry that the <laughs> next week is the last that this week the, yeah, the last episode's coming up, and it's just like, oh man, oh man, I don't know what to do because I've I love the intro where they're all dancing it's to so, Wigwam song. It's uh, such a weird ass intro, like out of like this awkward dancing to like metal. It's so much fun. I never skip it. I I always see the button. It's like skip intro. I'm like, fuck you, button. This is fucking art. And I love that they have, like, all the main cast members, but then, like, a couple of random cast members from the show as well. Like, the janitor from the first episode is is in the dance sequence. You're like, really? I mean, hopefully it's getting a season two. I don't, I haven't heard any confirmation, but James Gunn seems, uh, seems pretty positive about it. He's been doing uh, live, uh, live tweet, live tweeting the show. Nice. And uh, yeah, it's always super popular. So I I think we're going to get a season two. Another show that just ended is uh, The Book of Boba Fett. And I want to know what you feel. Like, I know you haven't Wait, was been that the very... End? I Wait, think so. Am I an episode behind? The, the last thing I watched, uh, Mandalorian went to go talk to Grogu. And it ended with like Luke giving Grogu an option. Oh, okay. Then, yeah. So, you're an episode. So, yeah, you still haven't seen the last one. Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah. The, it's a new episode every Wednesday. Huh. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, I'm an episode behind. Uh, I will watch that soon. Okay. Good. Good. 
<laughs> but it's again like so far the best parts of the book of Boba Fett are just the Mandalorian parts. Okay. It's Go not ahead. a bad show. I don't hate the show. I'm just kind of like disappointed. Like it's it's fine. <laughs> like a parent. You sound like a parent. It's like I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. You could have done better. Yeah, it could have. It could have been more interesting. Now go to your room while I smoke in my study and <laughs> read from these leather-bound books. I mean, that sounds way better than watching the book of Boba Fett. It, it really does. I mean, it did. It has become more Mandalorian-centric, but it's part of the bigger narrative. So when you watch it, it'll end in a good place. Now, I don't know when uh, Mandalorian's coming back, but I do know that they released the uh, the premiere date for Obi-Wan. Oh, when's that coming out? I believe it's going to be May 25th. Okay, okay. Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. Uh, I don't know. There might. I think there was a rumor that there might be a trailer for it during the Super Bowl. I mean, there's always trailers for stuff during the Super Bowl, so... I would not be surprised if Disney spend a couple coin to, you know, promote the new show. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Um, Disney actually just dropped another trailer for another amazing looking movie that I'm really excited to see. Buzz Lightyear. Wait, is it a movie? I thought it was a TV series. I will double check. <laughs> I thought it was a movie. Um, no, no, no. I, thought, I thought it was a TV. I thought it was one of those Disney Plus shows. But anyway, you can confirm while I'm. Rambling on about uh, Super Bowl commercials. Uh, there's been, let's see, there's some new ones. I think there's a Dr. Evil is promoting GM's new EV, electric vehicles. Because uh-huh. EV is the first two letters in Evil. So uh, I think Barbie has a commercial with Anna Kendrick. I don't remember. Uh, there was. Oh, and then they released the trailer for the new Jurassic World. Oh yes, I just saw that. Um, I mean, obviously they've all been terrible after the first movie. Yeah, the but first I'm still one, gonna watch it. I don't know. I don't know if I. I mean, I feel like they're trying to get. They're trying to wrap it up, and they're just like, "Look, we're getting the original, the other two actors from the original, because they already had Jeff Goldblum in the last mm-hmm. one. And they're bringing him back, so they're going to bring back Laura Dern and Sam Neill. And they're just like, "Look, it's going to be great because we got the gang back together." And they're like, "Oh, it's going to be terrible." Yeah, we, I, I think we all need to go have some drinks and then go see it. Uh, also, Buzz Lightyear definitely going to be a movie. Oh. It's a movie coming out in June. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a series, but eh, well, that's interesting. That changes that changes things a bit. I don't know. I felt like it was going to be a TV show and it was, I don't know, there was going to be more to it. I mean, who knows? They could spin it off to a Disney Plus series. Oh, I'm sure they will. As, yeah. long, as long as Tim Allen is not involved, I'm totally fine with it. Nah, we got a good old Chris Evans, Captain America, as Buzz Lightyear. Oh, for a minute, I mistook you saying Chris Evans for Chris Pratt. And I was just like, they hired this fucker for everything. I mean, he's good in his lane. Like, he he has a very specific lane. lane. What's his lane? What's his lane if he gets cast as as the voice of Mario? What is this lane? That's outside of his lane is occupying because that is that is outside of his lane like that's the thing like i i I say that with uh, john cena too john cena is really good in his lane like when he plays like that action figure character not the action star not like 
military guy, but like, like the over the top action. He's perfect. Uh, Chris Pratt always needs to be like the bumbling comedy guy. He can still do action, but he's got to be like the funny bumbling guy. That's why Guardians works so well. Uh, but I don't really want to see Chris Pratt do anything else. I don't want to see him do anything serious. I really don't. Well, good thing Super Mario wasn't going to get that dark, edgy but like, reboot. Mario's not like a bumbling idiot. So I don't... I. I was going to say that there's uh, there's that rumor that the reason Chris Pratt is doing a lot of these like voice roles, like being Super Mario and Garfield, is because he doesn't want to get the vaccine. And so it's just kind of hedging his bets with projects. I mean, I would believe that he, he seems like the kind of guy who would pass yeah, uh, on the vaccine. Because everyone was trying to explain, like, why is he being cast in all these animated movies? But also, he's being cast as Garfield and as... Super Mario. That's like, that's weird. That's both of those weird. are weird castings. Exactly. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm not here to explain Chris Pratt's career trajectory. I don't know. I think. Yeah, I don't understand it. I don't get it. it uh, unless like Guardians is it. But I don't know. I think he's still gonna be in the Marvel. I don't know. I don't even know where the Marvel universe is headed anymore. Uh, well, I know Guardians three is going to drop most of the cast after this yeah because i know uh yeah uh batista's out batista's out because you know disney kind of screwed over james gunn and he stood by his guns uh, he stood ha. by his gun stood i'm gonna edit that so that it sounds like i said it great the first time <laughs> but he stuck by his gun and then now with uh wait they brought back uh gamora right but she's uh, not yes. the same Gamora? She doesn't remember? Correct. She's Gamora from five years ago, but transported to now and does not have a relationship with Chris Pratt. Yeah, that's going to be weird. And then, uh, I don't know, Bradley Cooper's not coming back. Or uh, or I don't know if it's if the Guardians 3 is like his last turn as as a Rocket. Yeah, and, and then just the whole how Marvel is in this vague... Kind of this is this is phase four, but no one can clearly tell me like I don't know what the through line of this phase is besides no, the fact that, you know, OK, here's a bunch of other people and then like they, they haven't met together yet. It's all dancing around the multiverse, but nobody really knows what the end game is here. Yeah, and then and then w especially with the whole Spider-Man thing, when you know, uh, Far From Home was kind of raising him up as the heir to you know Tony Stark's mantle, mm -hmm. and then No Way Home got rid of it. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if that's a spoiler. Ass and made him start from scratch. I don't think if that's a spoiler. Like this movie's been out for what a month and a half now. Yeah. No. If if our audience hasn't seen that, they're listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> and that's on them. I was going to say cut to, you know, a few days later when we get an email just like this podcast is about talking about L.A., not about movies. What the fuck? Yeah, it's L.A. It's movies. Movies are L.A. But yeah, so so it's this kind of vague. I don't know what we're doing because we don't have this thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's still up in the air if Tom Holland's coming back as Spider-Man at all. I know uh, Sony's trying to 
you know, say like, yeah, we're already pitching a new trilogy because, you know, we're going to have Tom Holland no longer attached to the MCU, at least not completely since everyone doesn't know. Well, everyone's aware of Spider-Man, but no one knows Peter Parker. So I don't know how that will play. I mean, we'll see. We'll see if uh, the Doctor Strange movie really upends everything, puts everything on track because everybody's kind of waiting. Like, All right. Is Loki's whole timeline thing going to come into play? At what point does everything start to interweave again? Oh, that, yeah, that's true. Loki kind of... Well, yeah, Loki, to a lesser extent, kind of set up this whole multiverse thing. But Doctor Strange is supposed to be the tether that's going to you know, pull all these separate strands of movies back together. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know, because it seemed a lot of it was just like, oh, this the aftermath of the snap or the blip or whatever. It is really interesting, though, just how driven all of the Marvel movies were kind of building up towards Thanos and uh, Endgame and everything. And then after that, we all kind of felt like it seems like there was like a chance to breathe. But also now it just feels a little aimless. And like, I love all the movies, but yeah, it is. It, we don't have that constant end game we don't have those like clips of thanos popping up every once in a while we don't have that that main driver it is a, yeah. it's a weird place to be in yeah that's messed up it's like marvel's kind of dropping the ball if they don't have a sense of purpose where am i gonna find it in my own life Fuck that. <laughs> like i don't have time for that shit i work <laughs> like we're working dead-end jobs and yeah. not fulfilling our dreams so we need a movie to actually get to the fucking point about what it's all about exactly is that so much is that too much to ask for i don't think that's, so that's all we're asking for in this pandemic in a post-capitalist society that has that's destroying the planet every single second metaphor <laughs> i don't know if it's a metaphor I, I think that's pretty just literal just like directly like there uh, <laughs> on a silver platter for the audience there you go now if i only crafted it in a more witty way i like i'd have a perfect monologue for like a rick and morty episode i just gotta get drunk and burp in the middle of it a few times you'll be fine i don't know if you want to open the avenue for people to be angry at you uh you don't really have to push very hard i mean we live in los (laughs) angeles this is true uh that's one of the things about being from la it seems like everyone who's not from the city has an opinion about the city. And usually it's a very negative one. Yeah, people talk a lot of shit about LA with having never been here or been here a very short period of time. Uh, let me let me ask you a quick question, Tyler. Yeah. So well, when you were up in Petaluma, what was kind of the attitude people had about, you know, LA or just people from there? What, what do they think? Uh, I mean, I... <laughs> First of all, it didn't come up that much. I think that's the biggest thing people uh, in LA don't realize is that it really doesn't come up that much. Um, but well, yeah, if no, it I did, look, I'm not, if it I'm did. not, <laughs> I was just saying, like, yeah, I'm not expecting people to just be standing in their, you know, hometowns going, just like, I fucking hate LA so much. That would well, be weird. And that it, would it, be weird. I'm just saying. While I, I make that comment about people in LA, I, really, that's actually more true to the people in Orange County because I, I lived in Orange County briefly, and I told the some. I, I remember telling somebody I didn't know Laguna Beach was a real place until I moved here, 
and just the dumb awestruck <laughs> look on their face like what but it's Laguna Beach it's famous I'm like no one gives a fuck about you nobody it gives was a one, fuck it was about one Orange show County. it was one show yeah there, just because there there's a, a TV show TV show based on a place doesn't mean the place is real automatically and I never gave a shit so Orange County was definitely the most upset about that fact uh, I will say though the in Petaluma and I, I the general vibe I get from a lot of people is you expect LA people are going to be fake, uh, self-centered, uh, very superficial about their looks. Well, that's just a bunch of ugly people talking. So I don't know why I need to pay attention to that. Yeah. It's people outside of LA, like in my home down in other smaller. Yeah. It's well, but we repeat ourselves. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, well, to get back to, uh, when you were talking about Laguna Beach, uh, for those who didn't know, Laguna Beach was a scripted reality show on MTV. Now MTV used to be a channel that actually had programming, (laughs) but now has been reduced to just showing episodes of ridiculousness 24 seven. I don't know what else they have there. Yeah. It's like, imagine if you didn't have control of YouTube. (laughs) <laughs> hey Just let's watch else all these videos over and over again oh, which man. is fine if like you're at the bar and there's just something on tv like all right fine whatever background images but uh as a tv show like what, what why i don't know i don't know they figured oh you know Tosh.0 was popular, but we just got this guy who, you know, Rob Durdick, who had a popular show. So we'll just put him on this Tosh.0 clone and give him a couple of guest stars. We'll make a show like Tosh.0, but without the comedian and uh, with shittier videos. I feel like all their all their videos they get is just from that the chive. Mm hmm. It just sourced from that website that sources videos, and they're just like, oh. Yeah, it's all very know. circular. Uh, but anyway, getting back to, you know. Back to uh, L.A. Back to people being angry at Los Angeles. I don't know. I, I always, uh, whenever I hear uh, transplants who come over here, they're just like, uh, you know, they'll they'll do stuff like, hey, I just made it to La La Land, which I'm oh, just like. God. Uh, I, always, I always hate the nicknames. Just because it's just like the corny shit over Tinseltown. Oh yeah, Tinseltown. Or they're like, I made it to Hollywood, even though nobody calls it Hollywood. I mean, there is Hollywood, the like the actual neighborhood, but unless you're there, you're not really talking about LA. You're yeah. Here we call it Hollywood. Thank you for that Bojack Horseman reference. Very timely since that show ended what like three years ago. I know our audience. Uh, just yeah a lot of just the whole you know first the nicknames and then just kind of the whole like oh you know they don't need anything there they're all super skinny and uh they're you know they they're all vegetarians or vegans and weirdos and you know you have to remind people like that's people coming to la are the weirdos i mean we have weirdos but like what people consider to be weird varies so much like a lot of these people are outside LA, like, oh, they're weird. They have vegans and vegetarians. They're like, really? Yeah. That's, that's your line? Yeah, it's like, they're weird. They actually give rights to transgender people. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's like, it. they don't mind sharing a bathroom? Like, no, not really. It's no, fine. Yeah. 
That's just We're like, all here oh to my, piss. It's like, oh my God. It's like the white people here associate with Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the great thing about big cities in general is just being able to mix cultures. And I mean, LA yeah. is a weird place. It's got its own quirks and stuff, but people love the shit on stuff that's succeeding. Well, it's also that, but also, you know, big city centers kind of draw all the jobs. It reminds me a lot of, um, there was that viral video that went out. Um, I think this, uh, this young woman was recording her dad who like they lived in, uh, shit, I think it was like Cincinnati or something like that. Some, just like some kind of like Midwest, upper Midwest, kind of just, uh, small town. And she was, you know, she moved to New York. One of the things she spent her time is just like she created this like supercut of her dad just comparing all the stuff that like you can't get in New York, like here <laughs> in this like in this town. And just like uh, it's like they were out eating in the diner and he's like, yep, can't get this in New York. You have to pay like 28 bucks for this. Jesus. Uh, you know, you know what I paid for that barn? It's just like I paid for it with a bucket of corn and a handshake. Oh my God. Well, uh, that's also the time. You know, he bu- you buy something 60 years ago, definitely going to be a lot cheaper. Yeah, it's it, it was all just this whole, like, you can't get this in New York. You know what you get in New York? You get crime and whatever. You get peace oh and quiet. God. I live in my own house. You can't get that in New York. And, and look, he's making a lot of great points. But... <laughs> There, I mean, there are points. I don't know how many of them are great. I mean, yeah. There, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah, you can't get this in New York. But the whole point is like, you know, your little girl isn't moving to New- <laughs> your little girl isn't moving to New York because of these things that New York doesn't have. It's she's moving there because there's jobs just in different fields. Yeah, uh, and the other fun thing is she's probably moving out. Uh, to get away from her dad and other people who are simple-minded. Yeah, well, it's just, the, well, it's not just the simple-minded th- thing it, or just like, oh, you know, there's simple-minded people in the city, but usually they're from other places. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> just, true. But no, it's it's mostly the, just, you have to, you meet with other people, you you break out of that kind of just homogenous culture that's usually in the town. So that's know? one of the, the, the criticisms, criticisms that always annoys the shit out of me when people say that L.A. is a bubble. Yeah. Like I, I, every place is a bubble. Your bubble is the people you interact with. And in places like L.A. and New York, your bubble is fucking huge. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big bubble or tent, whatever. But, but yeah, it's, you can't isolate yourself the way you can in like smaller rural communities where everyone, you know, has the same background. They believe the same faith. They have the same faith. They have the same outlook of just like what is normal and what isn't. And they don't have the system in place to kind of protect anyone who just falls outside of that quote-unquote normality or the quote-unquote social norm of that town. Yeah, and the only people who are trying to challenge those social norms are the teenagers, and nobody respects them anyway. You know, I don't want to paint with a broad brush. I mean, there's other there's there's towns where, you know, they're more open-minded and stuff like that, but it varies from town to town. Like, not every town is going to be, 
you know, welcoming to certain different to certain cultures or yeah. be more open to them. But some are. And some towns will be open up to one culture and not another. Yeah. But in a big city, you know, where you have more space and then more and there's a desire for just different cultures on top of each other. You know, that's why you have a a, a thriving community of different from different backgrounds or different nationalities. So, yeah. you know, same with like, you know, New York, uh, uh, Chicago, you know, Seattle, you know, just big city centers that attract different people, uh, which is why I want to get to this one article that I read because. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh so, so now, just taking into account everything we just talked about, about why a big city kind of just is different than like kind of just a rural town where, you know, just, you know, there's a certain outlook and then everyone else is just like, oh, there's, you know, many perspectives in a big city, especially Los Angeles. This, this author, Daniel, Daniel Neiman, a food writer for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Now, this isn't the first time we mentioned a writer from St. or we mentioned St. Louis in the podcast. Because uh, uh, a few episodes back, we talked about the opinion writer for the L.A. Times who took a cheap shot at St. Louis. And it was just like, oh, it's not a dump because they're just like the Rams moved from a dump of a city in the Midwest. And it was just and we just spent the whole thing. It's like, no, nah, no, nah, like like we were trying to defend the whole like, oh, the L.A. Rams. Like, yeah, it's like we need to build up the fan base. And then he took a crap on the city. And I was like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I haven't been to St. Louis, so I'm not going to start saying like what St. Louis is. But Same. this guy, though, he can go fuck himself because he put out his little uh, I don't know. Well, this is this is not even an opinion piece. This is like a hot take in the form of a long bullshit article. Uh, it came out in the St. Saint po- Louis Post-Dispatch. I found it on Twitter because it was trending because, again, with the Super Bowl and everyone coming to L.A. All right. Well, let me ask the uh, the super important question. Uh, how was the ratio? yes this is one this is one article that did get more replies and retweets than it ever got likes so so yeah i'm gonna read the article so please hold in your rage until the end uh it should be very short but let's i'm i'm probably gonna stop if just some of the stuff might just be offensive or just hilarious but we'll see we'll see how it goes I mean, I don't think of myself as one who's easily offended. So, I mean, we'll see. I think I can maintain composure. Well, I mean, you might be offended just by his idiocy. So we'll we'll see where we we'll see where we are. Okay, so here we go. <clears throat> on Sunday, the nation's focus is going to be on Los Angeles when Super Bowl Fifty Six is played at Stan Kroenke Stadium, and I feel awful for all the people traveling there for the event. Where are they going to eat? Los Angeles is the second largest city in the country with nearly 4 million residents and there are no good restaurants in the entire region. Fuck this guy. He can fuck (laughs) off this piece of shit. Scumbag. (laughs) Dumbass. I I wasn't going to say anything terrible about St. Louis, but St. Louis can go fuck itself with its arch sideways. (laughs) Okay. Oh, okay. So I'm going to continue. Yeah. I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue. I say this as a fan of my lovable hometown, Cincinnati Bengals, who will be playing against the universally reviled Los Angeles Cronkies. Wow. Okay. You know, now this guy can go fuck himself. It's like, I'm yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. 
that the Rams left St. Louis, all right? But don't fucking be upset, all right? It's like, you can be mad at them. Don't be mad at L.A., all right? Just because L.A.'s got it going on. Anyway, whatever. So perhaps I'm a little bit biased, but I also say it as someone who used to travel to L.A. once or twice a year for work. I dreaded going there because I knew I would never find good food. Also, it's the ugliest city I have ever seen, but mostly because of the food. I think the root of the problem is that nobody there eats anything. The entire city is on a constant diet like jockeys in the expectation that they will soon be called to star in a movie. So they don't eat meat. They don't eat sugar. They don't eat fat. They don't eat dairy products. And they absolutely positively don't eat gluten. People in L.A. are deathly afraid of gluten. I swear to God you could rob a liquor store in the city with a bagel, tweeted Ryan Reynolds, who actually does get called to star in movies. Obviously, man cannot live on natural natural spring sparkling water alone. So what do they eat? As far as I can tell, it's tofu and sprouts. Every city worth its salt has regionally popular foods, a dish or two that is uniquely theirs. In St. Louis, it is gooey butter cakes, slingers, toasted ravioli, and our unique style of pizza. All right, we're going to get back to that because fucking St. Louis pizza is just bullshit. It's just cut a different way. Anyway. Like, I'm... <laughs> I'm having right, like right. a fucking brain aneurysm from the stupid. Like, my <laughs> my jaw is just open and I I don't have the words... Okay, we need to cut that clip of you saying, I'm getting a brain aneurysm from the stupid, because that's just a great sound drop to just throw in whenever we comment on something. (laughs) I mean, where is this guy going that he can't get good food in Los Angeles? Well, well, we'll see. We'll see. He's going to elaborate, and trust me, his excuse is bullshit. Anyway, so in Cincinnati, it is Cincinnati chili. Get it? Get it? It's like Scrapple. I'm sorry. To, okay, see, this guy's just saying nonsense. Anyway, and the best ice cream this side of Paris. In Paris, it is the best ice cream. But Los Angeles, I guess they can claim fresh tacos. But you can get fresh tacos anywhere. And the ones on Cherokee Street are just as good as the ones I got at a popular little taco shack on La Cienega Boulevard. In fact, if you haven't been to Los Angeles... You might be tempted to think that the Hispanic food would be especially good there. You would, of course, be wrong. One of the most beloved Mexican restaurants in the city is the deliriously gaudy joint called El Coyote. I went there once. The flashy ambient, the flashy ambience was not sufficient to distract from the utter mediocrity of the food. What? El- El Coyote was where Sharon Tate and her friends ate their last meals before being murdered by members of the Manson family. Somehow, that fact made the killings even more tragic. For a city that has a donut shop on every corner, you might be tempted to think that at least the donuts would be good there. You would, of course, be wrong. There are even some shops there, the remnants of a chain that closed that sell donuts made out of potato starch. That sounds gross, but I've tried them, and although... They were aggressively bland. At least they were better than the L.A. donuts that were not made out of potato starch. You might be tempted to think that a city of 4 million people would have at least a couple of good Jewish delis. You would, of course, be wrong. Okay, you know, this fucker with this tired ass fucking repeating. I'm just I don't have the words like it's still a hit piece. This is like it's still going. It's still going. 
<laughs> there is one place in Beverly Hills called Nate and Al's that is pretty close to the real thing. And you might overhear some fascinating showbiz gossip. But a bigger and far more famous deli is an L.A.-sized disappointment. It's the deli that everyone in town goes to. It is always crowded, but, they corn, but their corned beef tastes like it was made by people who don't like corned beef. Perhaps Los Angeles has unusually good hot dogs. One of its most famous food establishments is Pink's, a hot dog stand that has a line outside it day and night. I have never been because there is always a line and because it is just hot dogs. I like a good hot dog, but I'm not going to go more than a block or two out of my way to get one. Yeah, that's at what least, danger dogs are for. At least the diamond dogs at Dodger Stadium are as good as advertised. They are meaty with a nice snap when you bite into them, but I wouldn't move an entire football team to another city just to eat one. End of bullshit mountain. This dude was dropped on his head. Like, you can name a cuisine and you can find it in Los Angeles. Like, the the plethora of what we have is amazing and astounding. Uh, and we have some great food at all different price points. I'm just, I am, I am a gog. That is the first time I've actually used that word in a phrase and just meant it completely. I am a gog at just yes. the bullshit. The just insane bullshit. Like, there's some trash you can talk about L.A. that's kind of like, all right, yeah, no, you're not wrong. Yeah, we got that shit. It's true. But, like, to shit on the food, I, it doesn't even compute. Like, this is this is typical of just all the travelers to L.A. who are just like, don't even bother to, you know, do any research or look around to any places other than the typical place of where's my hotel, where's the place I'm going for work, and then whatever, whatever, I don't know, place to eat is just in the local vicinity. Yeah, it's, I think one of the misconceptions is like, this guy probably like comes into LA, stays downtown, and expects everything to be walking distance from downtown. And if it's not walking distance, it doesn't count as L.A. And you're like, that's not L.A. L.A. is driving. It's a driving town. You have to drive to the places you want to go to. So, uh, wow. I, I'm just, okay, I, so let's wow. let's break down some of the stuff. First off, I don't know, like the there was that restaurant he mentioned, El Coyote, which I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's one of those kind of just like those old standards. Yeah, I don't know. I've never heard of it. Um but shit, if you want some solid food, solid Mexican salsa and beer is fantastic. Okay, I know where the. Okay, I've seen this restaurant. El Coyote is on uh, Beverly Boulevard. Uh, I think it's yeah, it's north of the Grove. Oh, I do recognize that that uh, that sign. Definitely never been there. Yeah, I haven't been there mostly because I don't really eat around kind of that like third that third street area. Because I think it's close, it's it's around Third Street, but you know it's the it's the Mid Wilshire Third Street, not Third Street in Santa Monica. Uh, yeah, no, I've I, I think I've uh, I think a couple of uh, uh, work parties were there back when we used to work there uh, around okay. Mid Wilshire. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I haven't been there. And uh, no, there's there's a, it's like if you want to like old school, there's like El Cholo is pretty good. 
But that's, again, like if you want kind of just like the old school standards of Mexican food that kind of just like have been in the city forever. I do. I want that list. I want you to give me that whole list and I will, <laughs> one by one, I will go to all of them. I mean, El Cholo's fine. I mean, it's not like the thing you think of when you're just like, yes, this is the, like, I'm not saying it's bad either. Let me be clear. I am not taking shots at El Cholo. It's just, uh, that's like, uh, you know, it's like, it's fine. It's, it's a great restaurant, but I mean, there's like plenty of great, you know, just Mexican food places where you can go now, but also there, I mean, yeah, you can vary between. Uh, there's uh, old, uh, Placito Olvera, which is the kind of just like the little like old town L.A., just across from Union Station. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Is that by like Olvera Street or whatever? Yeah, yeah, by Olvera Street. And of course, the freaking East L.A., I'm trying to remember. Uh, what was the place? God damn it, why can't I remember? Right now, I'm also remembering uh, Guisados. That was another great taco place. Uh, yeah. I'm a big uh, fan of Quesados. If you want like new fusion, like new Mexican fusion, uh, well, you know, Kogi's Kogi's always good. Well, that's actually what I was going to mention is that one of the also amazing things about LA is the fusion. We have all kinds of creative foods that keep coming out here. They're not all they're not all great, and they don't always last. But it's wildly entertaining just to see what people come up with out here. And plus, I mean, there's plenty of great. You know, taco stands just on the fucking streets where you can fucking just where this idiot could have pulled over and Yo, gotten a good bite to eat. If you see a taco truck and they got the meat out on a spike outside and they're carving it up, that's the place to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I still remember that uh, taco stand that was like uh, just a block uh, west from the Virgil. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Good times. Nah. Oh, you know, I do have to complain about something, though. What? Uh, I was trying to figure out what to eat for dinner tonight. Uh, I had it planned out already. I was going to get nice uh, carne asada burrito from my local truck around the corner. Uh, yeah. Roommate shows up. He's like, hey, I'm craving that same burrito. So we decided we're going to go walk outside, go get food from this uh, awesome taco truck that's always out there. Except not- for today. It wasn't there. So we had to walk an extra block to the next taco truck, which is a good taco truck, but it's not as good. It's, it's honestly, it's just not as good. That, I mean that, yeah, that, that speaks to the heartbreak of just, you know, you have the taco truck or the place and it's just like, Oh, it's not there or you can't get there. Like, ah, great. And I have to try my luck with somewhere else and it's good, but it's just not the same. Yeah, it's just not the same. Oh, man, but this this guy is up his own asshole about the whole. First off, I think he's in the he goes to like the trendy little restaurants, which, you know, they they plate the food so that it looks like, okay, you're only getting a little bit to eat. Yeah, but but most of those restaurants cater to, you know, power lunchers or just like, you know, uh, agents and clients. They usually serve those meals because, you know, they're. They have freaking lunch meetings all the time, so they can't fill up on food. I think this guy is dealing with uh, some personal problems. Uh, I suspect that his girlfriend and him just broke up. Maybe she cheated on him, and he's upset. He's lashing out at the world. <laughs> oh, man. And then and then just the whole, like, taking shots at Jewish delis. I'm just, it's like, this is Los Angeles. If, if anything, you can find a great Jewish deli here. I don't know where. It's like, I, yeah, I don't have the, a recommendation. Talk about the weirdest take. 
And it's just like, oh, I'm like, oh, I've eaten fucking one Jewish deli and it's not, it's all right, but it's super crowded. It's like, well, it's super crowded whenever there's an awesome yeah. place to eat, you idiot. I will like, say, uh, I wasn't wowed by Cantor's. Like, it was fine, but yeah, whatever. Uh, he <laughs> should have at least Cantor, gone to Philippe's. Uh, well, Philippe's is, uh, I mean, uh, French not, dip. That's, yeah, it's, French I mean, dip. you it's could not... get, you, yeah, you could get, um, corned beef there too, though. Uh, but you could also go to Kohl's for that too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but yeah, they're both, you got both options. Yeah. You have options, but it sounds like this guy is not traveling to downtown for whatever, you know, whatever he's doing. It seems like he's stuck in whatever bougie ass hotel. Well, he's stuck right. up his own ass. So. He's stuck up his own ass. That's what it is. That's for goddamn sure. He, he couldn't taste anything because it was just poop coming out of his ass and into his mouth. But it also, like, he also hits on some of those notes of just like, well, they can't get the good food here because it's L.A. Like, whenever, you know, transfer, like, oh, they don't make, they don't make food here like they make it in my hometown. Whatever bullshit dish they fucking invent like especially the whole uh the st louis pizza which is just like it's okay picture a regular like you know round pizza but it's cut but instead of cutting slices you know just like you normally would you cut across and down like a grid oh so you have the squares and the awkward round edges that yes yes if you're gonna do that make a square pizza yeah and that's that's all they use like a square pizza yeah, it's just weird. Um, let's see. The definitive characteristics of St. Louis-style pizza are a very thin cracker-like crust made without yeast, the common but not universal use of provol processed cheese, and pizzas cut into squares or rectangles instead of wedges. What the fuck kind of fucking bullshit cheese is Sounds that? like it's gluten-free for all of his bitching and moaning. Yeah, it's so just this cracker ass. This cracker ass pizza is what this guy <laughs> is talking about. Just like oh, they, oh my god, Provo. This whole idea they, that like everybody out here is on a diet and can't eat. Like, yeah, we got okay, some, okay. You know oh what? You god. know what? I would be on a diet if you serve me this bullshit. So Provol, Provol is a white processed cheese product particularly popular in St. Louis cuisine that is a combination of cheddar, Swiss, and provolone cheeses. Has a low melting point and therefore has a gooey, almost buttery texture at room temperature. I really don't like it when things like, like it's a cheese product. It didn't say it's a cheese. It's a cheese product. And I'm like, ah. Yeah, it's, it sounds fucking gross. It sounds like oily bullshit. I don't know. but like, yeah. I'm sure it's fine, but yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, fuck this guy and his cracker pizza. Like, I get it when, like, people in Chicago and New York want to come at us. Like, oh, fuck your pizza. Like, I get it. Your pizza's great. Our pizza's pretty fucking good, though. But I don't think I want to take it from St. Louis. Like, I'm not going to take this cracker pizza. Oh, this, it just speaks to this whole idea of just people who don't travel around L.A. in order to get to know the city. Because the city is not going to just be at your beck and call when you step out of your hotel room. It's not going to be just right there. You actually have to drive. And I know that sucks for a bunch of people. They're just like, oh, I have to drive? Well, that's the whole joy about L.A. You just get to cruise around. 
All right, well, joy is a strong word, but it, it is an element. Of- whoa, 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 I'm not talking about dry, I'm not talking about cruising on the 405. All right, I'm talking about you know you actually have like you know if you go down one of the great boulevards, like you know you either go down sure. Sunset or Wilshire, or you go down uh, Sepulveda, or sometimes say- or even Ventura Boulevard in the Valley. Yeah, I'm even yeah. throwing the Valley in there. Yeah, I mean, we can make fun of the Valley because we live here. But if you don't live here, like, look, the valley is just as good. Go enjoy yeah. the valley. Um, I will say I still, every once in a while, I think about uh, when my parents came down to visit and driving around with them. And just hearing my dad look out and go, it just keeps going. Yeah. It's just yeah. That, like, that realization <laughs> that, like, I know L.A. is big. But, like, then I saw it and I was like, L.A. is big. And that's why. There's just great places everywhere. And it's that kind of just adventurous spirit of going out there and you know seeing what's there and actually finding something that you didn't find before there's joy in that this this whole idea where you can find this restaurant like oh my god i found this place i need to tell everyone about this place this place makes great food i mean like listen i'll I'll make fun of my hometown petaluma a lot i but i'll always go back to we had some great restaurants and great food but i never had ethiopian food when i was home (laughs) Oh, I didn't have yeah. that till I moved down here. And we had some Mediterranean food up there, but I didn't really start to enjoy it till I was down here. Uh, I don't think I ever really tried Indian food till I moved to LA. Oh my God. I haven't had fucking, I haven't been to Samosa house in a while. That's a good place. Yeah. That's a solid spot. Oh, that chicken tikka masala. Yes, I was thinking about. It. I was like, "What always. is that? What is that thing that I always order?" I like the fucking the chicken tikka masala. Like, like, God damn it, it's so great! Anytime you go to get Indian food, it's always the chicken tikka masala. It doesn't even matter if it's real chicken or soy chicken. It fucking chicken yeah. tikka masala is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Just give me the sauce that you fucking cover it in, and then just a bunch of rice and cover it with that sauce. I'm yeah. fine with that. Absolutely. Oh. Oh, so good. And then just naan, just get the naan, just carbo load. That's basically carbo loading, but with all the spices. Yeah. <laughs> I usually get that. Uh, I get the, the spinach sog. God damn it. Why am I? Every time we end this podcast, I'm super hungry <laughs> and I can't fucking do anything about it because we end late. Oh, God damn it. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll figure out where I can get Italian food. I mean, Indian food and Italian Fuck it. I can do both. That's the that's another best part about LA. You can do both. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I don't have to worry about like, oh yeah, there's plenty of options. I can I can find an Indian place and an Italian place, usually down the same street. Probably oh, yeah. not even a mile apart. It's oh, a man. glorious thing. Uh but this this fucking guy. This fucking guy. And to say that there's like no regional food, it's like have it's like has he never eaten a burger? It's like the burger is the LA, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, it's the LA food. Is, is I, it? I don't know. I feel like, yeah, that's, I mean, every region has their own thing, but I mean, I feel like when it comes to the burgers, I, I haven't seen a, an area more kind of inundated where just like, yeah, the, the burger is kind of just the American ideal. You know, you're driving in your car, you got your burger, your fries, a milkshake, and there you go. Well, I mean, if you're going to in and out or that's Wendy's. Um, I, I feel like the burger is kind of like a, just such an American thing that it, it's going to transcend states. Uh, L.A. really tries to put itself on the map for that French dip. 
sandwich. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, they're yeah, the the whole Coles and Philippe's thing, yeah. But I don't know. I, I will feel say like- uh, one more thing that I think is I I think it's goofy, but at the same time, I do enjoy it. So I'll stand by it. But uh, the California burrito, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the little you hit that little uh, uh, Larry David octave. It's pretty it's good. Pretty it's pretty good. good. I'm pretty saying good. <laughs> it's easy yeah. to make fun of, but yeah, like you know, carne asada, French fries, guacamole. It's pretty good. I like it. A good breakfast burrito. A good breakfast burrito. Is I will the say there's there's only so many good breakfast burritos around LA. Like I, I haven't had enough and. Very quickly, one issue in LA is that the good food that you find becomes very expensive very quickly. Oh well, yeah, because usually you have to, you know, add more ingredients. You just like, yeah, just like oh, let me get it with uh, extra whatever, or you know, more meat or whatever. Well, they'll make extra fancy breakfast burritos, and it'll be twelve to fourteen dollars. And you're like, I don't want to spend that much on breakfast, but also it's a really good burrito. I, uh, but just, yeah, just one last thing on this, uh, this doucher, Daniel Neiman. Neiman. I freaking Neiman. Anyway, uh, it seems like for all this guy just spilling ink or just slandering Los Angeles, uh, it just reminded me of the loss LA had, uh, in the before time of Jonathan Gold. Jonathan Gold. Mm, yeah. Jonathan Gold would have schooled this guy in under a minute on just how wrong he is on every single level about like Los Angeles not having, a, you know, a food scene or an identity and to narrow it down as just like, oh, we have this one dish, you know, is a disservice to all the cultures that call, that make Los Angeles home. To say that this one dish makes you know, just says is the be all end all of Los Angeles. It's yeah, it's that weird thing. Like, oh, LA doesn't have an identity. No, we have so many identities and they're all out there on display proudly. Like, we have so many choices out here. And uh, I think the best example of it is just the fusion. Like, yeah. we were just talking about Kogi. I. I still remember one restaurant that stuck in my head that was around in Koreatown. It was called Sopita Ramen. It okay. turns out. So it's, I think the story was, it's a guy from Central America who learned how to make ramen. And he like fused, you know, Latino, like, you know, Central American, South American flavors with the ramen style. Like, to fuse it together as this kind of just like I I'm afraid that you're about to tell me this place doesn't exist anymore. Yep, it's on uh, Pico Boulevard. Big surprise around Pico Union. So pita fa. Oh, now I don't know why. Now that reminds pho. me. Uh, when I first moved to LA, I told somebody I was working on Wilshire that like they asked me. Well, they asked me where I was working. I told them I was working on Wilshire. And they looked at me like I was a fucking idiot. Like. Wilshire runs the entire length of LA. That doesn't narrow it down. So when you say like, oh, it's on Pico, I'm like, yeah, Pico's a big fucking road. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's on Pico in Koreatown. There you go. So okay. that that 
So I think they pivoted because it used to be sopita ramen, but now it's sopita pho. So I think they've got it. went more fusion. Well, anyway, it's still fusion because, you know, that's just kind of like the broth Is it style. Is it Yeah, it doesn't work oh, that well. Oh, God. Yeah, no, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, that uh, would work but, better, like, in print, like, than it would, I think, sound it out. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like hearing this idiot and it just... It it breaks my heart that, you know, Jonathan Gold isn't here because, I mean, this is the guy who won a Pulitzer for writing about eating in Los Angeles. Talk about living your best life. That's amazing. And uh, I found a quote. I found a quote for him that probably would sum up, you know, a nice rebuke, rebuke of Neiman's bullshit and just a nice palate cleanser. So what he wrote about L.A. restaurants. <clears throat> Heraclitus once wrote that it is impossible to step in the same river twice. In Los Angeles, it can be nearly impossible to eat in the same restaurant twice. This is, I believe, what the economists call creative destruction. And it is not impossible here to experience extremes. Restaurants that are born and die in a single evening. Restaurants in suburbs so distant that they may as well be theoretical. Restaurants so hard to get into that they may not actually exist outside of blogs. Los Angeles is where the modern restaurant was born, the good, the bad, and the ugly of it. And we're too far gone to stop now. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. It's like we lost a a real legend. And I mean, to this day, every blog and every newspaper is filling up that hole. Like we have LA Taco, we have LA Times, we have... Uh, blogs like Eater and Todrick Allen, who just keep trying to fill in that hole of just like where else to eat in LA. And I am not familiar with this Todrick, but the other ones are always fantastic. Oh yeah, well Todrick Allen is like a blogger who keeps track of like new restaurants opening up and old ones and old ones closing. Usually, a Eater cites them cites that blog a lot for just like new openings in new different neighborhoods, like on the west on the west side. So doing the Lord's work. So my God, man, it's <laughs> this fucker, <laughs> this fucker, uh, like. I I am just so Neiman. upset. I am look, I am upset, but at the same time, I approve of people living in this blissful ignorance if it keeps them from moving here. You know, Let, he he's got his uh pizza trisket, so he's happy. Good for him. <laughs> uh, little it's like not even a bagel bite. Just a trisket. Yeah, yeah, like the ones on the fucking, back of the Trisket box, yeah, but a little, this, little sauce. This cracker pizza ass motherfucker. <laughs> uh, He's yeah. welcome to not come back. That's. <laughs> yeah. Like, let him be disappointed. It's one less person trying to, like, move in here and, you know, raise the rents and shit. So that's I guess true. that's that's a good point. But, yeah, the, the tip is that, you know, Los Angeles is a great expansive area where you can find different great places to eat and to say that like only one dish belongs in LA just ignores all the different cultures that call LA home and they make their own version of pretty much any dish you can think of and it's amazing and beautiful 
and I'm super goddamn hungry. God damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap this up because I, I need to get something to eat. So anyway, uh, if you have any suggestions on where we can find this Neiman guy and maybe pay him a visit and rough him up a bit, <laughs> please forward those to uh, our Instagram at to live and try and lay podcast, our Twitter at to live and tripod. And of course, just send us an email at to, to live and try and lay podcast at gmail.com. I think we just need to get the fans uh, riled up so we can go flame this guy on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. It's like I know Twitter's already kind of just like went went to like they, Twitter already came for him. But it's just I just wanted you to know where this just irrational hate just came from. This f- it's just so fucking stupid. Like that's <laughs> uh, I bet this guy wears Supreme. Uh, no, no, it's just your average Midwest 57 year old white guy. I'm just trying to guess older. Just so well, can... I hope he enjoys his deep fried butter. Uh, God, yeah, that's come on, man. It's like St. Louis. I don't know what you're doing with your pizza, but you live like this. It's like this cracker ass pizza, like by choice. This is what you um, want. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I yeah. guess the customer is always right, but. <sighs> It's so sad. Anyway, so, so yeah, to all the haters of L.A., especially who think that we have nothing good to eat, you know, like, stay angry. As, yeah. as long as it keeps you out of here and, you know, and not raising the rents, I guess that's fine. We're kind of filled up, but, you know. We'll if you be want, out here you, enjoying our food and Instagramming the shit out of it. But feel free to visit. And next yeah. time you visit, freaking invest in a rental car and actually drive out somewhere good. Any direction. Just pick a direction. Just go there and then find something that looks good. And there you go. You won't be disappointed. Wild, wild ass fucking times. I don't understand it. Yeah, all right. Take us out of here, Tyler. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you're staying safe out there. Be well. Have a good night. Good night. Good night.